Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McAuliffe. <laughs> I am not Christopher McAuliffe, and this is The Coaching Show, and Christopher McAuliffe loves to give a shout out to Dick Warren. I don't know who Dick Warren is, but I do love the sultry sounds of his voice. Uh, I am Alex Terranova. I am an author. I'm a performance coach. I'm the host of the Dream Mason podcast, which is also a show here on Accomplishment Media. And I am subbing in for Christopher McAuliffe today. You guys might know me as often I am the co-host with Christopher, who he likes to dub as the guest co-host, but I'm here every week, so it's interesting that I'm always, I'm the never-ending guest, I'm the guest who won't leave, and the guest who wouldn't leave before me, whose spot I took, is also here with us again, Clarice Conley. Clarice is a awesome coach, Clarice is a friend of mine, Clarice used to be the co-host of this podcast, Clarice is a speaker, Clarice, what's up, what else do we want to tell people about you? Yeah, thanks so much for the wonderful introduction, Alex. I am absolutely taking on the world, supporting and being an advocate and an activist for those who've been diagnosed with herpes and supporting people and realizing that they aren't their diagnosis um, and coaching them into creating their life with intention and um, chasing that. So thank you so much. I, I really love this. And I'm so excited uh, to co-host again with you and introduce everyone who's listening to our guest. Well, Clarice, even before you jump there, I just want to like really acknowledge you because I was sharing with somebody yesterday, ever since you started like using your voice and talking about your diagnosis and, and really like stepping up like authentically, mm. you've just become like unleashed. And who you are as a person, who you are as a coach, a leader is completely different. And I was sharing with somebody who is going through some stuff yesterday about a friend of mine and obviously talking about you without them knowing who you are. And mm -hmm. they were so inspired. So thanks for, you know, doing this and being this and having the courage to like step out and just own like all of your life and take total empowerment back from everything. It's really inspiring. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's it. As soon as you own your darkest pieces or your heaviest pieces, yeah, it absolutely feels like an unleashing. Um, so thanks for being witness to that. And thanks for supporting your friend in that way. And it really is inspiring if we can share our shame and we can get out there and, and um, you know, speak. And it, it really evokes something else in others, too. So thanks. Yeah, yeah. Hey. And we're going to call you Reese from now on, right? Because this is like a nickname episode. Which Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah Sparks, a.k.a. Sparky, is an award-winning executive coach. She's also a speaker and trainer who works with senior leaders in the corporate world, particularly around stress and burnout. She's known for getting results fast, and she is one of the top coaches in her field and came highly recommended for this show. And her clients include board members, managing directors, senior leaders from the top city institutions. Prior to founding Choose to thrive, Sarah's career has been in finance and she worked as an executive director at Goldman Sachs. Since suffering burnout in her late 30s, she's focused her career on helping others create the building blocks to prosper, grow, flourish at work and in life. 
She works with groups, one-to-one with senior leaders to inspire and get results, helping them to manage their own stress and not pass it on to others. Sarah sees herself as a thought provocateur, ensuring her clients stay away from burnout. Welcome to the coaching show, Sparky. Thank you so much, Clarice, or Reese, I should say. And it's interesting, Alex, that you should mention about um, what happens when you share your real truth, um, because I think my 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 coaching uh, certainly changed ever since I've shared my burnout story, and my my success has just gone skyrocketing since I've been really authentic. So I would absolutely concur with that. I would love to kind of have a little glimpse of that. What's the What's the story and what's the experience that unleashed you in that way? Yes, well, um, as, as in my intro, it says I burnt out quite a number of years ago, back in the mid-90s, but actually I didn't start sharing my story until, ooh, just three years ago. And oh, wow. um, uh, yeah, on the first ever webinar I did, I had 1,100 people turn up. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was pretty damn scary for me to do but nonetheless yeah. it really showed me just how hungry people were to know a bit more about you know, what burnout's about how they can help themselves how they can spot it in other people I'm getting quite emotional that sharing that even yeah. that piece but um I shared my burnout story where you know I'm you know my life has completely changed because of my burnout story in um a challenging way but also a positive way I lost my job, I had a fantastic job at Goldman Sachs, but I couldn't hold it down anymore. I had no stuffing left. Mm-hmm. I was completely and utterly burnt out. So my career evaporated, my income evaporated. I didn't have the family I wanted. I had six rounds of IVF, but my body was so stressed. It just mm. would not conceive. Uh, my husband had enough and left. So I ended up being divorced when I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, certain friends walked away. Um, it was really challenging for my family. So there were huge collateral damage that happened as a consequence of me not paying attention to the signs. And it's really got me out there in the world, banging the drum about, okay, you know, stress is a global health epidemic, according to the mm-hmm. World Health Organization, and burnout is on the increase. Because of this fast pace we're living in, because of the continuously changing and uncertain world we're in, and so people need to be really on the, on the lookout to look out for themselves and, and to help others look after themselves too. What are the, I mean, I think we all have stress. We all have anxiety. Like we all deal with these things, right? An email shows up in the inbox and suddenly everything was fine. And next thing you know, you're overwhelmed and stressed out. What are, you were just saying, like paying attention to the signs. What are the signs? Yeah, and as you pointed out, you know, we all get stressed and anxious, don't we? And that is perfectly normal. Acute episodes of stress is what we're designed for, you know, so that being able to run away from something predatory that might kill us um, was what these stress hormones going around the system were all about. But what's not normal is the stress after stress after stress after stress with these stress hormones going up and not coming down. And that's what's causing the stress-related conditions. So the sort of things that people might notice is that the stress becomes completely and utterly overwhelming, that there's just too much of it and they cannot uh, cope, they feel out of control, maybe their health starts to suffer, Uh, maybe they're not sleeping well at night, maybe they can't get to sleep or they wake up early, Um, they're wandering around like a zombie, almost drunk without, because they've had such little 
sleep and then maybe then self-medicating with caffeine or sugar or alcohol or other drugs just to keep going that might be another sign um you know, in terms of burnout they may just be so exhausted that even good night's sleep doesn't get them back on track that's a real telltale sign if you if you're really making the effort to try and get back on track but it's just not working that could be another sign and then this apathy that gets and starts to happen you get start being disengaged with your life in general but certainly work is no longer you know something that you feel very inspired to do it's difficult to start things difficult to complete things you can't think straight you might excessively worry you know all sorts of different symptoms and of course everybody's different no one's the same so what will be stressful for you may not be stressful for me um, so you know, there are lots of different signs, um, but not everybody's the same. So we cannot generalize about this. Is, is there like an amount of them? Because I think all of those things, all of us could say we've experienced at some point or another. Is it like, hey, if you, you know, they say sometimes it's like, hey, if you have this many of these symptoms, this is something to look out for. Is it like if you're experiencing these on a regular basis or a certain amount of them, it's like, wait, we should really take a look at this. Um, I'm not sure about the number of them, but I, in my experience is if, of course, we all experience these things from time to time, but if they don't go away. So if you have like just a numbness of feeling, you're no longer emotional like you used to be, you're mm. just becoming a bit flatlining, but it doesn't go away, then that's when you need to start paying attention. And of course, the first port of call is always go to a professional, go and seek some medical um, yeah, yeah, advice about where to go first but but you know that's the sort of thing that I think is the telltale sign is when things don't get any better they stay consistently there it's it, we, as you say we all have this stuff but it waxes and wanes and that's life isn't it but if it doesn't go away if you can't get over the sleepless nights if you can't get over that low level and energy if you can't get over the fact that you're just you know, so apathetic or maybe you're angry all the time um, you know, these things, are, people will start noticing because it's not you. It doesn't feel like the usual you. Mm. And that's when you not to, need to start paying attention. So I love go, mm-hmm. please, please go ahead. I'm, I love that because it does paint a picture and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of in this curiosity of like, how do you discern from maybe some other things that may be going on? Like, you know, like what is that real, um, thing that's trying, like that you have experienced that stands out that helps you discern like from depression or from, you know, like health issues. Hmm. Is there anything that stood out in that way? Well, um, it's very difficult to tell the difference between depression and burnout in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the things that I use with my clients these days is a medical type um, device that actually can tell whether your body is in the more stressed uh, response, the sympathetic nervous system at play, or whether you're in the re- relaxed and recovery response, the parasympathetic nervous system at play. Um, because, you know, stress is insidious it creeps up on you it starts to feel normal you can't tell what your heart rate and your physiology is doing but this particular device that i get my clients to wear for three days can and it doesn't lie it tells you the real truth about what's going on and the key thing is here that it's not about the stress so much it's about the recovery that's Mm -hmm. the piece that people are missing they're Mm -hmm. not getting sufficient recovery in their day in their weeks in their months in their years um, but that's the thing that's causing 
the chronic stress and the, the hormones not coming down properly. I, I've been learning a lot about this inside of therapy, actually. So I love that you're saying this. So what I'm learning as well is that um, that sympathetic nervous system like response is that flight or fight. So it's like if you're mm. always in this constant like flight or fight, you know, your adrenaline's going, you're it, like that, that's exhausting. Even when you just think about it in that capacity, like how Absolutely. are you always sort of being like hyper vigilant, hyper aware, like responding, reacting and like on edge in this like heightened sort of sense. And mm. when you paint it that way, I'm like, oh yeah, no yeah. wonder you would be burnt out. Ooh. Absolutely. And, and you know, our, our bodies, our brains, I don't know, for, for me and for many of my clients, when you burn out, your brain just feels fried. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up not being able to cross the road because I could not take in the information of the car's speed. Mm. I couldn't go shopping because there was too much information, too much data coming into my senses that I couldn't make meaning of it. My brain was completely and utterly saying enough. Mm -hmm. I'm shutting down. Um, so quite drastic things can happen when, when you burn out. How do yeah. we, and, you know, how do we know, you know, Clarice, you brought in therapy and mm -hmm. how do we know when, or not specifically just us, but like people know, coaches know when this is a, an issue to bring to a coach or it's an issue to bring to a therapist or some other health professional. Do you have a way that you mm. look at that? Yes, um, I'm super vigilant on, on this. I, you know, I've been coaching since 1999, so a long time, and I'm you know, ICF accredited, I'm a PCC coach. And you know, it's very clear to me when I'm coaching and when I'm doing something else. And of course, when I'm working sometimes with people doing work around burnout, it's not necessarily coaching. And I make that very clear. I take off my coaching hat. And we have contracted for you know, some coaching and some advice giving, some you know, <laughs> education, if you like, mm -hmm. um, which is clearly not coaching. Mm -hmm. um, Alex, remind me of the question you're asking because it slipped my mind. Yeah. How do we know? Um, like somebody I get clients all the time that one of the things they come to me with is they're stressed or they're maybe not happy or they have a lot of anxiety. And and one of the things I try to support them with is this an actual thing that we can do and work with in coaching or is this a therapy issue? So I'm looking at yeah. like and, and because you brought it up and you're talking about it like it's affecting their health and, and uh, psychological and physiological. So I'm curious how you decipher whether for your clients, for other coaches, is it a, a, ther a therapy conversation or a coaching conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I certainly um, have that discussion very, at the very early stages of working with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I will say to them, you know, um, if you haven't gone to a professional, medical professional already, you need to, first and foremost, to get their, their advice and opinion on it. And in my experience, coaching doesn't work when somebody is in the depths of depression. So I can tell pretty early on whether a coaching intervention is going to work with a client. And I tell them up front, you know, it may not be that coaching is the right thing for you. Um, and we can, we can have a go. We can um, get started. But if I get a sense that actually coaching is not going to be an effective medium for you, then I'm going to suggest that you go and get therapy or you go to your professional and seek where they would get their advice as to where you should go. So for me, it becomes very clear that actually it's not working. 
Um, yeah, um, so that, that's that's my that's my guide. If I'm at all concerned or if it's not working, I would would then refer them on to something else and someone else. But I contract around that very early on in our conversation, so it's not a surprise to me. Yeah, I can I can actually totally answer that from sort of being a, um, a patient of a therapist and going through this and learning a lot about my sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic. Um, it is really kind of the therapist is basically coaching your emotions. Like you're just like learning about your emotional state and emotional body. And when I think about coaching, essentially we don't coach the emotions. We coach the being and coach the like actions to, you know, forward facing movement and, you know, planning, whatever it may be. So I'm kind of sitting there thinking like, oh, okay, if we were to pick this apart um, and maybe someone isn't able to like, get a grasp on the emotional experience they're having or their, you know, stress levels. Yeah. I could see how that would be really hard to coach on top of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it, coaching is clearly not the, the right in, intervention on occasion. So, so, um, but it's a great partnership great. for sure. As long as you're getting Absolutely. both taken care of at the same time, it yes. works wonders. Mm. So what yeah. are, what are some like practices or habits that, you have been using and you used, especially when you were in this difficult time to deal with, you know, your, your burnout, your stress? Well, um, of course, again, there were so many, but I always start with the first five and I, I call them my smart toolkit, S-M-A-R-T. And the first, of course, is sleep. You know, sleep deprivation is, again, another global health epidemic. Uh, I don't know whether you're aware, but over 56% of the Japanese adults are not getting sufficient sleep. It's not getting the minimum of a seven hour sleep. And it's 45% in the US. That's a significant number of people who are not getting enough sleep. And that's just um, exacerbating any stress related condition. And it's saving up problems for the future, whether that's, you know, there's a high risk of Alzheimer's or heart disease, or it affects weight gain, all sorts of different things but nonetheless sleep is so fundamental and again this um, device that I get my clients to wear actually helps analyze the sleep they're getting because not always when you're asleep is your parasympathetic your rest and recovery system at work you can still be stressed in your sleep and of course so then you're not getting the right sort of rest and recovery um, and those sorts of things are exacerbated by alcohol uh, the stress of the day mm -hmm. is another one or exercising in the wrong way at the wrong time all of those things are putting stresses on the body and are not allowing the body then to get into that rest and recovery state so sleep is the first thing that i always recommend that my clients look at and really focus on uh, not always easy i have to say but nonetheless that would be my first point of call uh, the second thing is moving there are so many um positive things about exercise and movement and when you're really burnt out it's no good trying to do you know, a lot of physical exercise you have to be really gentle and patient with yourself if you want to recover from burnout uh, in my experience it's no good you're putting more stress on your body you need to just go for the gentle um pilates or, or yoga or um gentle walks just but keep that body moving so you get those endorphins that good feel factor you're getting those new um, brain connections rewiring that may have been fried in the process of um, burnout. So getting moving um, would be the next 
protocol. Um, the next one is the A, and it's an AM routine. It's a, a morning routine, somewhere where you can feel start to start your day by being on top of your day rather than allowing your day to be on top of you so that you can, can start feeling more in control of things. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you know that if you look at your emails in the first hour of your waking day, you're something like 23% less productive, and that's because you're getting other people's agenda into your inbox and into your brain before you even started to think about, okay, what's important for me? And then automatically you're in the reactive response rather than the proactive space. So that would be the third tip that I recommend that um, people do. And then the R is really focusing on rest and recovery. So whether that's at nighttime, of course, we've already covered the sleep aspects of it, but you can get rest and recovery during your day by, by doing a breathing exercise or some mindfulness or some meditation or a walk around the block or even a walk around your office um, so getting moments of recovery bringing those stress hormones down getting that parasympathetic nervous system back into action um, would be the the fourth thing and the final one the, the t is time time for yourself time for you to have joy be grateful you know, do the things that really bring you happiness, connect with the people that you love, that type of thing that really helps people get themselves back on track. But it takes time. Mm -hmm. It's not a quick fix. Burnout is not a quick fix. It has taken me years to get well again. Uh, it really has taken me years to get well again. Um, but I'm very proud of you know, the fact that I know that I'm, I'll never burn out again and I'll never suffer from depression again. Uh, but it's taken me a very long time to get to this space. So those would be the key things that I would recommend. I love that you really make that, you break that down to like plain English, like bite size and like bring the humanity. Cause I think it is, if you don't even know that you're in burnout or that your body is in this like constant flight or flight, you know, or you're even aware of your nervous system at all. It's, it's really like, whoa, where do you even start? And yeah. I love that you bring that, like, have patience because it takes practice. It's really been like putting post-it notes on, on like walls to be like, go walk, go move, go. Absolutely. Right? Like, five Absolutely. minutes Because you, you have to remember and you don't think about it when it, your automatic is to be in that state all the time that's, that's absolutely true which is why i've created a pack of cards um which i call daily nudges it's a bit like the post-its around mm. on your mirrors and stuff like that just as different daily nudges to help you keep yourself on track because we get so wrapped up in the world don't we right in, in our day-to-day -day life that we start forgetting because it seems to be functioning well enough we may forget mm -hmm. to drink sufficient water or to take a moment to take a breath yeah, and so you know, I've got those daily nudges that help my clients stay on track. Yeah. And it's One so, so wild. Sorry, it's just so wild to hear that these little things, like just taking a walk, drinking some water, it compounded mm. can be the thing that makes the difference. Absolutely. It's undervalued, but so important. I mean, I cannot emphasize it strongly enough just how important this sort of stuff is. And one of the things I wanted to say and to, to really um, highlight for people is although I'm working in the corporate world, there are so many um, colleagues of mine, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you are four and a half times more likely to suffer from depression and anxiety and potentially burnout as an entrepreneur and solopreneur. 
Isn't that scary? Four and a half times more likely. And of course, it kind of makes sense to me, although I haven't seen the evidence for that. But nonetheless, it makes sense. Often you don't have boundaries. You don't have work times. You're always on, always working. You don't have that, okay, I'm going to finish work at five o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock. Often work into the night. You often have limited resources and no backup. So everything's down to you. Uh, You can have potential financial worries, cash flow, for example. Mm-hmm. And you've got those demanding clients with potentially ted- tight deadlines, all sorts of things. So it doesn't really surprise me that uh, the solopreneurs, the entrepreneurs are more likely to be suffering. Mm-hmm. But I'm, that, that's, sorry, go on. I'm kind of curious. One last thing, and I think we could like pivot from here. <clears throat> I, don't, I apologize. I don't remember where in the world you are, but I wonder, because you mentioned the statistics about people in Japan and the United States. Well, have you had experience in noticing like what you're in your part of your world are doing differently than maybe the United States or is everyone just really doing the same thing no matter where you live? It's just a global Good question. Pandemic. Good question. Well, uh, the statistics about the sleep in the UK is 35%. So significantly less than Japan and somewhat less so Japan is 56% and the US is 45%. But 35% is still too many mm-hmm. adults who are not getting sufficient sleep. Um, and I think you know, it's become it's like a badge of honor trying to survive on <laughs> little sleep. Uh, and it's completely ridiculous. Even you know, um, one of your presidents, Bill Clinton, used to boast about having very little sleep, but he also confessed that actually his biggest mistakes were, were made when he was sleep deprived. So, you know, and that's the case. We make more mistakes and things take longer to do. So it's a complete folly to sacrifice your sleep to get things done. Um, But in terms of are we doing things differently? You know, um, my suspicion is the Scandinavian countries have got a better uh, respect for recovery than um, many of the Western countries do. so that's one thing that I really notice that they really appreciate um, time off. Holland, for example, has got, they work the least number of hours, but they've got the highest productivity when it comes wow. to a person. So, you know, I think they've, they've got something to um, shout about. Um, so I do think countries do things slightly differently and it's down to culture often. You know, we, you know, I think we, we follow you guys. I'm in the UK, I'm in London. Um, and you know, we're, we're so many are wanting to be high achievers, overachievers, and um, you know, chasing, chasing all sorts of badges of significance, whether that's money or other things. So, yeah, um, it's not something that I any longer aspire to. How, how do we, you know, we're talking about a lot about sleep, and I think for whatever reason, sleep stopped being this thing where you just like go to bed and wake up. Like we've made it somehow much more complex. Like people try to do that and it doesn't, they don't get the results they want. Are there techniques, practices, strategies, like how do you optimize your sleep and actually get better sleep? Because when we know when we're stressed and we have anxiety and all these things are going on, sleep isn't the easiest thing to get. No, no, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I think one of the first things you need to do is set an alarm to go to bed. Oh. Most people have an alarm to wake them up, but very few people have alarms to um, remind them to go to bed. Uh, so you need to, to, to be reminded to get 
<laughs> to be able to get the sufficient number of hours. <laughs> Uh, and then you know you can set your alarm even earlier so that you have some wind down time, whether that's you know a, a bath or a hot drink or you're reading your favourite novel or you know just doing something that is going to bring again calm the whole system down. Um, having blackout blinds in your bedroom is key, really, if you're in a country where it's daylight where you need to be asleep or it's light in any way, then you know having blackout blinds really does help and some people wear masks don't they, over their eyes I, I i don't enjoy that don't do that but i do have black um so there are so many things about the, the evening routine that, that really help to get you into that mood of being able to relax and get yourself um into into that sleep routine mm. Um, well, this is a perfect place for us to get ready to take a little break, right? Like sleep is our break. Um, Sarah, uh, or Sparky, Sarah Sparks, uh, is our guest today and you can find her at sarahsparks.co.uk and she is talking about everything from burnout to stress. Really what I'm getting is just like that we need to take care, better care of ourselves, especially if we're entrepreneurs or we're up to big things in the world. And we're so lucky to have Clarice Conley, which you can find at youraccountability.coach, back as our guest host, co-host this week. And we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back in a minute. I am Alex Terranova, and this is The Coaching Show. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovations, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. What's up and welcome back to The Coaching Show. I am Alex Terranova. I am not Christopher McAuliffe. Uh, Christopher McAuliffe is out this week, but this is The Coaching Show. I want to give a quick shout out because we didn't do this right at the beginning to the longtime sponsor of this show, Accomplishment Coaching, which is the world's finest training program. Clarice Conley, our guest host and longtime co-host of this show, before me, her and I both went through Accomplishment Coaching and we both can talk about how that program mm-hmm. just completely changed our lives and also launched mm-hmm. our crushing it 
coaching practices. We wouldn't be here today doing this without that program. Um, so let, let's jump back into this episode. Our, if you guys have been listening uh, and paying attention, we've been talking about burnout and overwhelm and stress and all the things that are happening to people all over the world, but really impacting people that are up to big things, entrepreneurs, um, mm-hmm. coaches, the, the, the people that coaches work with. And our guest today is Sarah Sparks, and she's in the UK, and we're calling her Sparky. And we also have Clarice Conley here, and we're calling her Reese. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Oh, man. So I love this first part of this episode because we're talking a lot about us as an individual and how, you know, we you mentioned on the break, like putting your oxygen mask on you first and how, you know, we really have to look out for number one. My curiosity is, as have you had experience? Are you aware? Are are workplaces more aware that burnout is on the rise? Are they in denial? Are they doing something about it? What's your experience? Mm, Good question. So what I'm noticing is certainly here in the UK, and I believe in Australia and also the US, there's a much bigger um, awareness about mental ill health and a really big push to destigmatize that, which Mm -hmm. I think is absolutely fantastic and should continue to happen. And we have many more mental health first aiders being trained here in the Europe, Europe for, for sure. But you know, I think that's really kind of missing the point. In my point, in my thing is it's all about prevention really, not about treating people who become unwell. Although they do need support and treatment for sure, but actually what about the prevention aspects? And it's really interesting to notice um, some organizations, but they are really in the minority in my experience, are really getting this, that they really appreciate the fact that this is going to be a competitive advantage if they can really look after their people well. Not only will people want to join them, but also they'll want to stay and they'll be productive and effective throughout. But many still are sweatshops, I'm afraid to say, Mm. um, where they are um, not not prepared I think they're just a bit too scared to open the can of worms and what they will find I have worked with organizations who said actually we can't go here because we don't know what we're going to find and they've literally told me that so that's one that's actually aware that there's something going on but I was speaking to a board member of a very well-known bank in the UK here only last week and I was ex- talking about what I was up to. I'm a guest speaker a lot around the, in different conferences, talking about um, thriving and prevention of burnout. And um, he said, oh, we don't have that problem here. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you have no idea. No idea. <laughs> no idea at all. And, and you know, I've got many of his direct reports and even further down the hierarchy who are coming to me directly. So I know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And yet the senior leader himself was completely unaware and wasn't going to hear it from me either. So I did try and persuade him otherwise. So I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of organizations that are in denial, um, but I don't think it's going to take long now. I think there's much more of a, um, a swell of knowledge and people willing to come out and say, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Our, our work environments not only need to be healthy from a physical perspective, you know, we wear hard hats and, Uh, and steel boots don't we and we wear yellow jackets all Mm -hmm. things to help us be physically safe 
at work environments. Um, but we need to have mentally healthy environments too. So I don't think it's going to be long now, between now and a sea change. Well, that's my hope. It, I, I, yeah, I love that. It just, it does feel like there's some sort of this like up leveling as a mm-hmm. whole and, and this evolution of how we're approaching our work environment. And um, I, I love that point of like, the more people share, the more we're having conversations about mental health, the more you're evoking awareness in others and more that we can I self-identify and the more that people share, the more that it's like giving us all courage and permission to ask and share ourselves. Absolutely. And the key factors that bring on stress-related conditions in the workplace um, are very well documented. It's too much to do in too tight a time frame. A lot of people recognize that. Too much responsibility. Again, many people recognize that. And lack of managerial support. Um, so all of those things are in the responsibility of the employer. So, um, and the employee, don't get me wrong. So I, I do absolutely believe that the individual has a responsibility to self-manage. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, also the employer has a responsibility to create an environment that where people can be mentally well. Sarah, you have so many resources for people. Like there's so many things that you've created and are sharing to support people, whether they be the employers or the employees or just general people that want to take a look at themselves or having something go different. Can you give us a little, I'll kind of talk about each one, but give us a little idea of what each one is. I know you have the Thrive Tribe community on Facebook. Like what is that and who would want to be in that? Yes, absolutely. So this is a relatively new group that we've set up that um, literally is um, anyone can come and join us. And Mm -hmm. the whole premise is around us sharing ideas about how we can thrive, what works for me, so that you can share that idea in the group so that other other people too can enjoy and use that technique or that habit. So it's a a very um, friendly little group that um, is up and running now. And yeah, we're hoping to build that over time. I'm in there uh, certainly every Wednesday doing a Wise Woman Wednesday show, inviting somebody on to talk about their thriving story. Uh, Maybe they have um, from striving to thriving in some way. So we have a guest speaker once a week and we have regular Facebook Lives in there, but everyone's um, encouraged to contribute. Then I do um, a newsletter that goes out regularly, again, with top tips about thriving. Um, So if people want to get involved in that, they can just send me an email at thrive at sarahsparks.co.uk. And if they put thriving tips at the top of the email, then I can make sure they get onto that newsletter pretty easily. Um, And then the cards are very popular. People, and they can get hold of those on my website. If somebody wants to take a look, then they're on the website. And then if, if people are interested in talking about uh, the first beat life assessment, this is where you can really understand what's going on in your physiology from a stress perspective, then by all means, get in contact. Um, and there's a link in the, in the show notes for you to do that. So you can sign up for a 15-minute consultation to discuss that. A free 15-minute consultation. Get on that. That's very generous of you and amazing. Thank you for pointing that out. I think that's really important. 
You also have on your website like a free guide, five ways to staying on top of things. What I'm what I'm really present to, and I think this is true with you and a lot of coaches and people that are mm-hmm. out there in the world trying to support people, is there's a lot of value being given away. And then there's a lot of people out there going, I don't know what to do, or I don't know how to change things. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's it's actually the it's right there. So thank you for being someone who's out there giving away the things people need. And Go get it, people. Go get the things that you need. Uh, mm-hmm. Go download. Go sign up. Yeah. Go read the newsletter. You never know. It's you know I sign up for a lot of things that I don't know if it's going to be a thing that supports me or helps me. But worst case scenario is I you know unsubscribe if it's not, and then I try another one. Absolutely. And I think you don't know, right? Like if you're that person for that person. But it sounds like you are that person for so many people. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for being that person. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here. It's been fun. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. I love like it's just been such a wonderful episode because I love the way that you make something so complex and so challenging and so um just ah overwhelming. Like you just mm. like make it so easy to talk about and so safe to be heard and to be held around this thanks for like who you're being and the way that you're supporting others and sharing about this I think it's been really I've had a lot of conversations and podcast guests and this has been one of my absolute favorites so thank you so much for your approach thank you love that love that yeah Yeah. I like to to apply the kiss principle wherever possible so yeah let's keep it simple and let's give people things some practical things that they can immediately do to improve their current situation because that's what it's all about education and interesting things to listen to are one thing but actually it's implementation that makes the difference so right yeah do you have any like last parting shots quotes to live by things that you you know message that you want to leave our audience with um as you go on in the world and take on your day well thank you um i think the key thing for me is about thriving is a choice and striving is a choice too so please choose to thrive please choose to thrive mm-hmm. make the most of your life i love you i love that so much <laughs> and i love you so much thank you so much clarice is overwhelmed she's gonna have to use all the tools right now um <laughs> yeah, Sarah, I'm like, Sarah, with love. thank you so much for being here. Um, that is Sarah Sparks. You can find her. She's everywhere. You can find her on Twitter. You can find her on LinkedIn. You can find her on Facebook. You can also find her at sarahsparks.co.uk. Sarah, thanks so much for being here today. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. And you. Wow, Alex, I'm really just struck by this conversation and I really loved Sparky. Like, what are you taking away from this conversation? First off, I love that we created this episode and this, this conversation with you guys. And it was like, just like this started with play and fun with the nicknames and whatnot. And then we got into something really serious and really intense and something that people are actually really dealing with in their lives. Um, I mean, for me, You know, one of the things I notice is the more stressed out I am, it's actually a sign that I'm probably not working on things that I'm really excited about. Because Mm -hmm. when I am working on things I'm really excited about, even when I'm in overwhelm and they're piling up, it doesn't feel the same way. Like there's more excitement about it. There is like a, oh my God, how am I going to get all this done? 
But because I'm actually excited about the things I'm doing, the relationship to that stress isn't is different, right? Like I'm not waking up with like dread or no sleep. I'm waking up excited to get back into the to the work. I'm looking at the list of things I have to do excited to accomplish them. So for me, hearing her, that was a big takeaway is like when I'm really getting into that, maybe I need to look at like what I'm actually up to and what I'm doing that's having it show up like that for me. Wow, that's such a really good point. I hadn't really thought about it like that. You know, that's what I do. That's why I'm here. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'm kind of riffing on you and I'm like, whoa, okay. Because I, I, I think about it's was super easy to be in burnout in regard to like working underneath someone and doing your work for someone else and, you know, living someone else's dream or being a contribution to a thing that maybe isn't completely aligned with me. And just like, almost like, whoa, I wonder, because I wonder the burnout may have been for me in my experience, a lot of like that people pleasing and working myself to the bone to prove that I'm enough. I was really sitting at this like context and core beliefs piece. Um, And once I've really started to address that, because again, I'm, I'm in therapy and I'm working on this on a therapeutic level. And a lot of the flight or flight, flight or fight responses for me stem from early childhood contexts that I developed and how they spill into and bleed into the things that I'm doing subconsciously. Um, So that was kind of my angle that I was taking it from because it's um, easier to see as a burnout when working as an employee and at a part-time position, but a little more challenging to see like, okay, as a coach, when I set my own hours and I have stress, I'm like, oh, I don't really have too much stress as a coach. And the only time I feel that I do have a lot more stress is when it's I'm doing the things that I'm, I don't identify as being great at, you know, well, the social media part or things like that. So it was really interesting to kind of look at it on multiple levels. And, the you know, I think, look, as a coach versus, you know, we both worked for people in the past, I think there are the things, you know, when I get off a call with my accountant, And they're like, you have to do all these things in QuickBooks and blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, that stress feels incredibly different than the, you know, um, the I need to work on my next book or I need to uh, churn out some podcasts to have, you know, uh, to get episodes ready. Because the, the book or the podcast or working with clients is actually something I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So the, Mm -hmm. the, I want to say overwhelm of it or the the like stockpiling is actually like, oh, yeah, like let's do this. I can be excited. It's easier to generate the excitement. Whereas okay. if it's, hey, you need to get on the QuickBooks and do this every month and blah, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds yeah. miserable. <laughs> but right, it's the way I'm relating to it because everybody doesn't have that relationship, right? Some people are like, man, podcasts, I wouldn't want to do this. I don't want to like right. speak and share and have to record all this content and put it up and maybe people like it, maybe people don't. Sometimes for some people, getting on QuickBooks and like reconciling and matching your, you know, your your numbers is actually super easy and simple because it's just it's it's almost mm-hmm. like something you just do versus there's not a lot of being involved in that. So, I think that there's an opportunity for all of us to look at how we're being about the thing, right? How we're being about being the employee, how we're being about mm-hmm. the, the 
the asks that our kids have, the asks that our partners have, the asks that our jobs have. And are we looking at it from this place of dread? Are we looking at it from this place of opportunity, excitement? Is it something that we can get excited about or generate excitement around? Or is it something that we're gonna like kind of suffer and struggle through, which seems to add to the more stress? Because right when you're suffering and struggling through something, then we add one more block on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, how am I gonna do this now? Right. Yeah. And I think that the thing that always and like continues to blow me away. And I know that we, I I always like to make fun um, when I bring on guests, but it's like Christopher's so anti woo woo or make fun, rolls his eyes at it. He's not anti, Um, (laughs) but it's, it's like, yes, this woman Sparky is in a corporate global, like works with executives in the financial, like numbers world. And everything that she's saying is in a different language, but is no different than the woo-wooers, you know, who are like, hey, mindfulness, slowing down, breathing, meditation, right? And it's the same thing. I I kept hearing, like, go take a walk. It's like, yeah, get in your body. Like, it's like, oh, you're in your head? Like, breathe. Oh, get in your body. And um, that mindfulness, I'm like, well, she said something woo-woo, like she's in the executive, you know, and, and it really feels like this global up-leveling of it's not just woo-woo, it's not just for those people, um, it's not just a spiritual thing, but from a scientific level, from the nervous system level, to get out of this spiral, to get out of the, you know, flight or spite, ugh, I always say that wrong, flight or fight response, it's movement, like slow breathing, walking, you know, um, wow. Wow. I don't know that, you know, obviously it takes some practice, but to move, to change the state of sitting at your desk, even walking to a water fountain or walking to a, you know, I don't know, a restroom, just like that movement um, (laughs) will will support you in getting out of that. Um, I think an important thing that you touched on, you were talking about like woo-woo versus not woo-woo and whatever is... I was uh, I just was on a, a show yesterday, and one of the things that came up was uh, they asked me, you know, what's how do you meditate? Like, what's the way to meditate? And one of the things that we talked about that I think applies to this is, you know, there is no right way to do any of these things. There's no like prescription method. We don't eat the same foods. We don't like the same foods. We all live in different climates and different places. We all wear different clothes. We all sleep different hours. We all like different kinds of people. We all like different kinds of entertainment. And some of it serves us, some of it doesn't. And whether it's, uh, let's say, like more grounded or more woo-woo, it depends on the person. Woo-woo isn't right or better. More grounded isn't right or better. It's like what actually works for you and what's serving you. And if you think going to the woo side is better, like, sorry, it's not. And if you think going to the grounded side is better, it's not. But what's going to work for you? What's going to serve you? What's going to get you the results you want? Because that's ultimately the only thing that matters. If you're not getting the results, then none of it matters what you were doing. So I think that's kind of the thing is there isn't a right way. And if you go back to it, like we made all this up, right? Nobody was born with a how to coach handbook or how to um, write affirmations handbook or how to meditate handbook at their birth. We as humans <laughs> created all this and cultivated all this. So I think it's really about getting mm-hmm. clear and focused like, hey, that I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Ooh, that works right. for me. Let me do more yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think the biggest piece, I love that she made it 
Like here are the actions to take. They're so tangible and like tiny. Like, oh, got it. I can try to go to sleep. I can try to set an alarm. I can try to set a like wind down alarm. That's okay, cool. <laughs> you know, and I think it's like you're creating a habit and it's going to take a little practice and try it on for a week. Try it on for 10 days. Um, that it just when it seems so overwhelming and you seem so stressed out about yet another thing to do, like, I love that she kept it small and real and simple. And it's like, oh, okay. And that, that compound effect of like, okay, if I did that paired with this for the next 21 days, that could probably make a significant difference. Yeah. She gave a lot of tips. She gave a lot of tips, a lot of tools. And I just, I mean, I'm like in awe of how many things she offers that you can get from her without even having to hire her. That is pretty mm -hmm. cool. Um, and I know a lot of people are doing that, but she's a high quality individual with a lot of integrity who's giving away a lot of resources to support people. Um, Clarice, is there anything else you want to leave our audience with today? Um, I, I really, you know, I really wanted to pull through and highlight, you know, if you are in a place where, you know, Sparky shared about her story about having everything fall apart around her. Um, you know, how can you self-identify? Like, how can you hear that for yourself and like get supported, um, reach out to the closest next best person. Um, and just, yeah, like share your story, um, share yourself with people you trust. And, um, the more that we share the hard times that we're having, the difficult things that we're experiencing, um, the more that we can really see that we're not alone in this. We're not the only ones experiencing burnout or depression or mental health um, conditions. Um, and that is really supportive in pulling ourselves out of it and knowing that like we aren't the only one fighting this fight. And that really helps. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I always get is I'm not unique. You're not unique. Like we, yes, we have mm -hmm. unique aspects, but there is somebody like us dealing with something like we're dealing with. And there's somebody out there that's still struggling with it. And there's somebody that's moved past it and overcome it. Right. Um, Absolutely. Clarice, thanks for co-hosting with me again. Um, yeah. It's fun. It's nice to... Uh, it's nice to do this with you. We didn't get to do this before. It was you and Christopher and then me and Christopher. So thanks for doing this with me. Guys, if you want to uh, track down Sarah Sparks, you can do that at sarahsparks.co.uk. And if you want to get in touch with Clarice Connolly, you can do that at youraccountability.coach. Yes, please subscribe, like, comment um, to The Coaching Show get us out there, share with your friends. We would love to have your support in this way. And um, it's just been such a pleasure and honor to be a part of something that's been around so long and one of the most um, OG podcasts in regard to coaching. So it's just so exciting. And please, if you have any interest in getting to have questions answered, if you're interested in being a guest, if you're interested in knowing more about other things, um, please send us an email, producer at um, accomplishmentmedia.com. We would love, 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 love to hear from you any way, shape, or form. Um, we just love and honor all of our guests and audience members and longtime fans. This is for you, always. Thanks. Until next week. We'll see you later. This is The Coaching Show. Bye.